Most Rob Carbone. This is BD for Darren. So shake his big catcher three. whether I should be scared about this or excited about this. But this might be the first night that both the Knicks and Yankees won of 2021. It might be the first night. It might be one of the few. But what scares me or excites me, I'm not even sure yet, is that I am more excited for the Knicks right now. Like, the Knicks won. The Yankees just broke a streak of five losses in a row. The Knicks just picked up their seventh straight victory. I am going nuts right now for the Knicks. Like, I haven't even thought... Like, usually after I watch the Yankees and I watch the Knicks finish up a game, I will take time and process that game to myself. I'll think it over in my head. I'll break it down in my head. Then I'll go on ESPN, look up the stats, see that... The only thing I did after these games is go right back to the Knicks. I went right back to the Knicks, and I just I, I've been just just reading about them ever since tonight's victory, and writing about them and taking notes about them. And now here we are in the podcast, episode two thirty six on the Knicks winning their seventh straight. Knicks hit seventh straight. That's that's the title of tonight's episode. I'm just, I'm more, they're just exciting me at the moment. Now, is that to say that the Yankees are just not on my mind as much because they're struggling? Or is it to say that the Knicks are just having such a great year achieving the way, you know, overachieving, I guess you could say, or, or you know, performing well above expectations that, you know, it's just kind of taken over the euphoria a bit. But like, yeah, I don't care. I don't know how, I don't know which way it is, but it's just, it's fun that this Knicks team is finally the way they are. Like, it's it's really crazy because, um, I don't know, for anybody who doesn't follow me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone, I put out a post earlier tonight. I took a picture from my living room, um, we call it the family room, actually. Um, the living room's in the other room where the other TVs are. Um, <laughs> I took a picture of the family room. And I, I had the Yankee game on my tablet. And the Knicks game was on the big TV. Right? The big whatever, 50-something, 60, whatever the fuck, incher. And usually, how it goes, or how it's been going for the past seven years or whatever... The Yankees would be the ones who have the you know, the official rights to the big TV, and the Knicks were relegated to the small tablet because just because of of who's been relevant and who has who's been more relevant than the Yankees have. The Yankees have been good, but now we're looking at this Knicks team. They're you know what half a game, maybe a game from the fourth seed. They are looking really strong, like they're you know. Bearing an epic collapse, headed for the first playoff appearance in seven years. Now they have the rights to the big screen. I'm no longer relegating the Knicks to the small tablet. I'm no longer putting them on the DVR. They're now first. And the Yankees, until they start getting their shit together, and they did win tonight again, for now are relegated to the tablet. I'm excited, man. This Knicks team looks really good. I've, I've tried my best all year, all season long, to be the party pooper and to to try and limit my expectations, right? Try and, is the word, was the right word, temper my expectations. I've tried so hard because I just don't want to, it's, it's, it's typical Nick's PTSD, right? That's what's been bugging me. And I try not to get too high because I know that in the end, ultimately, every single time, it ends up going awry. But I got to tell you, 
I got to tell you, this team under Tom Thibodeau, that Leon Rose put together, that Steve Stout put together, that World Wide West helped put together, this team looks really freaking promising. And I'm trying my best not to curse anymore. They look really promising. I'm getting really excited. Today is April 20th. April 20th, 4-20. Do you know what that means, kids? April 20th. It means the Knicks played a game. <laughs> it means the Knicks played a game, and they won. We are in late April. And I also put this out on, on social media earlier tonight. I put it out on my Twitter. I said, if you were to tell me that you know back in December, that in late April, the Knicks would be five or six games above 500. Julius Randle would be on his way to most improved. And RJ Barrett would be shooting 40% from three. I would have slapped the living insanity out of you. But here we are. This is all real. It's all happening. And it doesn't look like it's going away soon. Because as soon as you start to doubt this team... They punch you in the face and wake you back up and show you, no, we're for real. This Knicks team, they are for real. We've joked about it before, how this Knicks team kind of reminds you of that 90s team. But, you know, well, who was it? Van Gundy the other night was saying that same shit in the, in the presser, in the pregame presser. They have that, that 90s gritty Knicks defense where they're a very physical team and they are tough down the middle to score on. And that makes fans really excited. Knicks fans love when you have a team that puts in their entire 110%. Right? They love defense. When you give them effort defensively, Knicks fans will love you. They will buy into you. Why do you think we love those glue guys over these past couple of years? Right? We love those guys. Why do you think Frank has become such a fan favorite? Why do you think guys like Lance Thomas and Ron fucking Baker was a fan favorite because he busted his ass? Knicks love guys who give you effort. And that's what you have to like about this entire unit. Every single one of these fucking guys, here I go, cursing, they go out there and they put in effort 110% of the time at a 110% level. It's just, it's so fun to watch. I'm so proud of them, and I can't get over the fact that I'm finally excited about the Knicks. Slightly more, so far, about the Yankees. It's crazy. It's insane to me. It is April 20th, the night after the Knicks just picked up their seventh victory against the Charlotte Hornets, who are hitting a type of a, you know, hitting a skid. The injuries kind of derailed their season. It's been very unfortunate. The Lamelo injury, the Gordon Hayward injury, that's kind of taken a toll on their entire team. Um, but you got, I got to tell you, man, this Knicks team is so impressive, and I'm just, I'm just so happy for them. So, yeah. Um, before I watched the Knicks and the Yankees tonight. Let's see, I had class in the morning. You know what's fucking... Like, okay, so I was doing an assignment for class earlier. And we have to... For this assignment, we have to draw up a storyboard. You know, it's like a planner for, for something you're going to film. And I feel like everybody says this, but the professor goes to us, don't worry, I'm no artist. You know, you don't have to be an artist to do this. And everybody said, I feel like everybody says that who's like really good. They always say, don't worry, you don't have to be an artist to do this. I'm a terrible, terrible drawer or artist. And then it always ends up being some Picasso shit when they do it. It's like, really? You just did that to make me feel like shit. And now I got to draw up a storyboard and I can't tell you the last time I drew. <laughs> so that's what I was doing earlier. Working on my storyboard assignment for my final project for um, my digital media class, which is a very fun class. Great professor, great class. Um, I'm enjoying it. But um, yeah, I did that. I, I was busy for a few hours in the afternoon with that shit. 
Then I uh, went into town and then, you know, came back home, worked on the assignment a little more, took a break from social, uh, from, from technology. Um, then, yeah, hung out. It was a night. It was a really nice day, like high 70s today. Beautiful day here in the East Coast. Um, and yeah, you know what I'm trying to get to? Because yeah, as it gets warm, it, it's, it's almost summer. And I think it's, I don't know if it's June, it might be June. Um, before it comes out, the fourth season, I don't know if anybody watches this show, but it's the best show on television right now, Yellowstone. That show is the fucking bomb, man. Um, and I'm thinking about rewatching that. I was thinking about today, that today because I, you know, again, the fourth season is coming back in June, I want to say. So I, I might want to rewatch the first three seasons you know progressively over time slowly so once i finish it'll be perfect timing i'm trying to plan that out so as soon as i finish rewatching it the new season comes back but that shows the bomb man and i gotta tell you i started it a few times before i could get into it like i do a lot of shows maybe it's because my attention span is you know smaller than gary sanchez's batting average but like i i try to get into shows and if they're not off to a fast start I get really tired and I just try try again so like the the sixth or maybe seventh time I tried watching Yellowstone I stuck with it and man did I fucking love it and it's one of my favorite shows now ever I mean it's one of the very few shows and I'm and I am saying this with all seriousness Yellowstone is one of the very few shows and when I say very few, I mean count on one freaking hand. And if I had a half a hand, count on a half a hand. It's one of the very few that have given me this, this show is so good, I need more, so entertaining, so solid feelings. One of the very few shows that has given me that feeling since Breaking Bad. And Breaking Bad is by far, far and away, my favorite show of all time. And it should be yours. So it's probably the best show of all time. There's an argument there for sure. Um, you know, up there with The Wire. Um, you know, Game of Thrones before that eighth season. Um, no, uh, the seventh season. You know, up there with a lot of shows. But I think Breaking Bad might edge everybody out. And then there's a, I think. I mean, it was my favorite show of all time. But like... That this is one of the rare shows that I've seen since Breaking Bad. And I saw Breaking Bad not live. I saw it years after, to be honest with you. Years after. I think I started watching it in like I don't even want to guess. Uh I don't know. I really don't know, actually. I want to say 2014s. I don't fucking know. 2014, 15 maybe. But I've seen it a million times, the whole series since, because I'm obsessed with that show. But uh, Yellowstone is one of the few, one of the very few shows that I've seen since I watched Breaking Bad that have drawn my attention that much. Along with Sons of Anarchy, that's up there with it in my favorite shows. Um, you know, Sopranos is great. Lost was very solid. But, like, Breaking Bad, Sons, and Yellowstone, like, those three... Something about those three, and you could throw Sopranos in that. About those four shows, they just get me. They make me want more, and they make you want to binge watch. And Yellowstone, if you've not seen that show, and I'm not promoting the show, I don't, I'm not I'm not sponsored by Yellow Fucking Stone. Uh, I don't know how one would be, um, but you have to watch that shit. It is good. It's like Sons of Anarchy for you know. Cowboys and Indians. That's what basically that's what it is. If you think about it, that's pre, it's like Sons of Anarchy with a different type of uh, people. I don't know. You know, instead of bikers, it's cowboys. <clears throat> a Western Sons of Anarchy. So, yeah, Yellowstone. I don't know how we got there. I really don't know how we got there. Um, it's a good show. It's a good show. You guys see this fucking... Oh, 
You gotta see this crazy, absolutely insane tear that Steph Curry is on right now. I mean, he is stupid hot. Now, I haven't been watching a lot of these games that he's playing in. Excuse me, but I'm looking at the numbers. I'm checking every night because I'm tuned in. I'm entertained. He is stupid hot right now. I mean, he is insane. I've never seen a stretch like this. I don't even think he went on a stretch like this in his MVP year. You know, back when the Warriors were good. But he's playing. He's having a season, statistically speaking, literally almost identical to that year where he won the MVP. Almost identical. I mean, he's had a stretch. And, and like the, this whole month, he's been crazy. But you look at these last five games. He's hit at least 10 three-pointers in four of those. He's scoring 40, 50 points a night right now. I mean, he's on a another... He's on another planet. I've never seen shit like this from a guy. And he's doing this shit so efficiently from the three-point line. I It's absurd. It's absurd. 72 three-pointers, they said, out of the last five games. So... You divide that in half, and, and you know, that's 72 divided by 5. How many is that per game? As a matter of fact, let's fucking, let's fucking, let's do some math. Because that's nuts. Oh, I'm sorry, 72 is last 10. That's seven, almost seven and a half threes per game in his last 10 contests. Fucking made. And he's hitting them at like a insane clip. I mean, the guy's on a tear. He's dropping 31 in light on the season. He's, you know, I think he's 50, 40, 90 once again. Or he might be just under 50. But he's got the 40, 90. He always has that part. He's probably 49 right now. I mean, after this tear, I'm sure he's close to 50. He might be there. But he's on, he's on another level. I was looking him up today. I was like, wow. I gotta watch some of the highlights because I haven't been able to catch these games that he's playing in because I'm watching the fucking Yankees. The Knicks been so busy with the podcast and the blog since these two teams are in the middle of their seasons. But yeah, I also saw today was the uh, on this date back in 2013 when Melo dropped 36 in Game One versus Celtics back in uh, yeah 2013. I was at that series. I was at that series. I'm not sure which game. Uh, I know Melo dropped 30-something, 30 34, so it might have been game two at the Garden. I was at one of them. My father took me to, to the game for my birthday, and I was fucking going nuts. And they won the game. I was I was so happy. It was one of the coolest experiences of my life as a sports fanatic. But, um, yeah, that happened today. So, seven years ago. Jesus. Seven? Yeah. Wow. So, like I said, the Knicks are on a... They're on a tear. Seven in a row. They're running off. And they're looking for the number eight uh, tomorrow night. Or as you're listening to this, it should be tonight. Um, so as I'm recording, it is a uh, boom, boom, boom. Mon no, it's a Tuesday night april 20th on a tuesday is 420 meaning the knicks played today kids that's all that means and um, they picked up the victory so now they're looking for eight straight against the hawks and as you're listening to this that game is tonight you know you're listening to this on monday the 21st april 21st so yeah all right I mean, we might as well get into it. Let's get into these last couple of games that the Knicks have played in. Um, so we'll talk about the Pelicans game from um, Sunday afternoon. That's Sunday matinee. We'll discuss that, break it down a bit. And then we're going to talk about tonight's victory. Um, again, took place on a Tuesday night. Defeating the Charlotte Hornets, the shorthanded Hornets. So, we'll discuss these two games, go over some things. Try not to make this episode too long, but we say that and, you know, 
you know how that whole thing works. But that's it for the opener. That's it for the 20 minute bullshit waste of time intro. Sorry about that. Um, let's head to break and we'll get right into things as soon as we get back. Plug. Hey, fellas. So really quick, before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media, even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That is linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. <clears throat> Sunday night. Knicks take the 122 to 112 victory over the New Orleans Pelicans. Game goes to overtime. It was a very physical battle. That went to OT. Julius versus Zion all night long. You had Zion's first pro game at MSG. Uh, but the Knicks ultimately pull away. Due to some timely, huge, timely clutch shots. Um, a team effort in this one. Unlike the one in Dallas where it was just a couple guys leading the way for the Knicks. This one was very much a team effort. Um, so they pick up their six consecutive wins. You know, the Knicks had them. They were up by as many as 15 points. Uh, they were up double digits in the third period. But, you know, a rough quarter, really rough patch. You know, hit a real rough patch there in the third. They found themselves down seven entering the fourth. Or no, down seven, uh, I think, late in the fourth uh, with about, you know, a few minutes to go. Uh, RJ fouls out. You know, Lonzo hits hits that three-pointer. Um, Tibbs had that disgusting Peyton Rose lineup in there, which I don't know what he was thinking. It was wretched, repulsive. Just nobody wanted to see that. But he finally adjusts with it, and he brings in, I, uh, I think, IQ. And a few minutes later, the Knicks finally start clicking with about three minutes to play. Um, they go on an 11-4 run to close out the fourth quarter. You've got Derrick Rose making all types of plays all over the court. He goes 5 out of 5 in the fourth. Um, you know, scores six straight points <clears throat> at the end of the fourth there. Uh, Reggie Bullock, obviously, with the big corner three. Two seconds left, right? That's when you had uh, Lonzo slips to help Rose, who drives middle. Um, and he's late closing out on Bullock in the corner. And then bang. Um, thanks to Lonzo helping out his future team with the help defense. <clears throat> the Knicks tie the game. And um, we go to OT. <clears throat> Excuse me. Fun. Fun goal. <clears throat> Jesus. So <laughs> OT comes. Sip of water. <clears throat> OT comes. The Knicks score the first uh, four field goals. Uh, you have Rose starting off. He intercepts a pass. Then he finishes in transition. Um, you've got that one play where Rose finds a cutting Randall who hits up Noel for a lob. I mean, it was beautiful, beautiful play there. Um, great spacing. The ball movement was good. The player movement was beautiful there. Uh, then you had Noel with the fucking big rejection on Ingram. I mean, how many times do we see this? How many times do I have to say it? <laughs> Where Noel comes through with a big, you know, that patented momentum-shifting clutch block. He does it at least once a night where he gets a big-time block that just energizes the shit out of Madison Square Garden. And this was the that moment. He gets a huge block. Uh, eventually, Reggie hits another three in the OT period. Julius hits a three later on to give them some breathing room with about 50-something seconds left. And IQ seals the deal with a bunch of free throws there at the end. Boom, the Knicks win. Just a great, exciting victory. Not their best played game, but they, again, even, like, this is the difference between this Knicks team and Knicks teams of the past is they don't have to play their best to win games because now they have the ability to make those key winning plays late in the game and step up defensively. They didn't do those things in the past. You know, the Knicks, the Knicks didn't play well in the past. They would lose, and they would lose bad. 
But now we're seeing them pull games away that they never had any business pulling away in previous seasons. But a great win. Julius Randle, 33 points, 5 rebounds, 10 assists, 5 steals, 9 for 10 from the stripe. Um, and he logged 47 more minutes. The 30 streak continued. Uh, it reached 4 in a row. You know, averaged 36 points, 8 rebounds, 7, uh, seven assists during that span. And he did so on 49% from the floor, 46% from 3, and 84 from the free throw stripe. Um, he won the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Him and Steph Curry won the Easter, uh, won the Player of the Week for each conference, um, and he very much deserved it. Um, but he was scoreless in the first quarter. had had trouble getting going. Second quarter came and he erupted for I think fourteen points, hitting Zion with the entire bag. I mean, he was all over him. He had that one ISO on him, you know, from the triple threat. Threw a couple jabs at him, then hit the step back mini, bang. I mean, come on. Who did that remind you of if you were watching that play? Who does that remind you of? I don't even have to say it, do I? It was it was it was literally you could put a side by side, you're like, oh, that's fucking him. And it's like, oh wow. But it was you know, it wasn't it didn't come easy for Julius. Zion made it tough for him. You know, he had to work Randall had to work for his buckets in the post. Uh, the jumper was a bit off and on, he was, I think he shot just 11 to 28, 2 of 8 from 3, so, you know, Zion finished with 34 points, you know, but in the end, Randall took the W and he hit the big shots down the stretch, and so he played a huge role once again. Uh, Derek Rose, speaking of playing a huge role, channeling his, you know, inner MVP self from back in the Chicago days, um, he was great, 23 points, 5 assists. 9 for 17 field goal shooting, 2 for 4 from the three-point arc, um, and he logged 35 minutes. So, again, just making big plays. Just making big plays. Uh, distributing, scoring, the defense late, um, you know, that block on Bledsoe on that closeout at the end of regulation, that was huge. Bledsoe ended up scoring 20-something points, but without that block by Rose, you know, that shot could have went in and, and the Knicks would have lost there in the fourth, but... Big and he's been doing that a lot lately. We're seeing those those big block shots where he chases his uh, opponent down in the corner and he gets that you know that late closeout block. He's been doing that a few times lately, so it's working now. Um, he had that big steal early in the overtime period. He intercepts that pass, finishes on the break right, and um, just just a great night for Rose. Um, Stepping up on Sunday as the closer without Alec Burks and, and RJ Barrett too, who fouled out. Um, but RJ was good when he, you know, offensively he was good. Um, before he fouled out, he had 18 points, seven out of 15, two for four from three point distance. Uh, but he did it. He had six turnovers and again six fouls. Um, he scored well. You know, when, when 18 points becomes quiet for RJ, that's, you know, that's when you know he he's pretty promising, right? Um, you know, mid-range pull-ups again. Uh, I'd like to see him go to that even more. Tough finishes in the lane. Bulldozing. Um, you saw Euro step or two in there. It was good. You know, and he had a big, it was, his, you know, it was more first half um, performance from him. He had a big first quarter with Julius coming up empty to start. RJ steps up and starts to fire. Uh, but overall, an okay afternoon for RJ. You know, some bad turnovers and tough looks at the rim. And again, on the other end, got into some foul trouble. Kind of limited his impact in that second half. Um, played most of that third quarter which is with uh, with four fouls. So, he was good. He was good. Uh, Reggie Bullock, 15 points. Six out of eight on his field goals. Three for five from three. Coming through at the end of a game for a change. Which is awesome to see because usually he's the fire starter where he gets it going in that first quarter and then kind of has his streaky moments after that. Right. But, um, other than that, it was a very Reggie Bullock three and D wing type of performance, right? He hit the open threes. He hit the mid range jumper, you know, um, and again, just, you know, jumpers mostly, you know, on mostly off ball motions, right? That's how he gets his buckets. He doesn't create for himself. It's going to come off of, you know, screens and handoffs. 
Um, but he did good offensively. He played some quality defense once again, which is the usual for him. Um, spent most of the night defending Ingram um, and Brandon Ingram. Just 19 points on 18 shots, 33%. So... It was good. The only problem for Reggie were you know, foul woes. He also fouled out late in overtime, but his impact was made before um, before he fouled out. Nerland's Noel, also excellent. 12 points, 8 rebounds, 2 blocks. Um, had that scare there at the end of the first half where I thought he broke his fucking hand. It, it looked ugly. The way he was looking on the ground there, but turns out he's fine. He toughened it out, came back out there in the third quarter, and um, he finished with another strong effort through 28 minutes. Um, didn't make much of an impact in that third, um, but he looked, you know, he looked fine in the fourth quarter. Got back to what he is, um, playing a really, just a really good defensive game. Steven Adams gave him some issues. He had 10 points, 14 boards. So we made it tough on him. He bodied him throughout the game. You know, had him on the glass, boxed him out a number of times. But Noel battled. He muddled through a good performance while playing a bit hurt. So it was good for him. Taj, six points, fourteen rebounds, a couple of assists, um, a steal, and two more swats. Once again, filling up the stat sheet with his defense, the intangibles, and you know, got some assists uh, to Reggie from handoffs and screens and. Just did a nice job on a tough matchup, continuing to provide some stability, you know, down low. So, good game for him. Doing really well handling those younger, more physical bigs this year, despite his age. So, I'm so happy with the way Taj is playing this year for the Knicks. So, that was nice to see. Um, You know, Alfred Payton, pretty bad. Five points, two for eight shooting. Nothing else to add here. I said my piece on him playing. Uh, Manuel quickly, Frank Knox, Obi Toppin, you know, did not play or impact much. Same with them. We we discussed them plenty. Um, Obi scored zero points in six minutes. Dude is just, I you know, I try my best to say you. He looks more confident here. He looks more aggressive. But like, like he he scored a bucket from the post tonight. And I was going nuts. Like that's that speaks for itself where he is. He's at the moment he's garbage juice. He's literally that fluid that you find at the bottom of a garbage pail when you take the bag out. That's who Obi Toppin is right now. I'm sorry, it's real bad for a 23 year old. It's vile. He does not look good. Um, the defense isn't exactly as horrendous as we thought it would be. But it's still not very good, and the offensive game is somehow worse. It's really horrific. Um, he looks awful, and you kind of see why he's not getting a ton of minutes right now. I don't know. But other than that, you know, it was a good win for the Knicks to, to pick up their sixth in a row at the time, beating the Pelicans. All right. So let's head to break. And when we get back, we will discuss the, what was tonight, the 59th game of the season against the Charlotte Hornets. All right. So let's be, uh, let's head to break. We'll be back pretty soon. All right. So, really quick, before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, or subscribed to my blog, or followed me on social media, even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That is linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. One hundred nine ninety-seven. Knicks defeat the Charlotte Hornets at the Garden once again. Seven in a row. Another team effort in this one. Um, that next man up mentality, just keeping it going. You know, this time without Alec Burks. Um, 
five players with at least 16 points in this game. There was a different leader in four out of the five major stat categories. You know, points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Four out of five of those categories had a different name leading the way. Uh, the Knicks, 40% from three-point distance on 45 attempts. Now, that's big. You love to see the 45 attempts because this is a team, you know, while we are, what, sixth, I think, in three-point percentage, um, we're in the bottom third in terms of volume. But the attempts are very low still. So it was good tonight to see us hit um, 18 threes on 45 attempts, which, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think both of those numbers are season highs. Both of them may have been season highs. So tonight, it's nice to do that on 40% on forty shooting. So Hornets were hitting their threes too, at least in the first half. Um, it, it was a very fast-paced game. You know, not exactly our style, so I was a bit concerned there. But, you know, it was a, a pretty rough ending to that first half. Um, a lot of offense, right? The, the Hornets up six points by the end of the half. We allowed 66 points in the half. We allowed them to shoot third. They, they just pitched a tent. They pitched a tent. From the arc in the first half, 13 out of 19, which is 68%, if I'm doing my math correctly. Um, you know, PJ Washington torching us with 11 points in the first quarter, 21 out of his 26 points in the first half. Um, you know, Knicks had trouble trying to figure out how to guard him. Were they going to go moderate, tight? Uh, were they going to sag? Because he's a stretch four who has shooting ability, but also can put the ball on the floor. Uh, you know, so Randall was a bit lazy getting out on those closeouts, leaving him wide open for three a few times. It didn't look promising. It was probably the worst defensive half of the season, if we're being honest. Um, and on the other side, R.J. Barrett just one for eight. Another one of those rough starts for him. Randall was so-so, about, what, seven, eight points? Um, but it was mostly IQ, who had 17 points in 12 minutes. And Reggie Bullock hitting over 50% of his shots in the first half. Um, it was it was looking, you know, it was a very disturbing way to end the half. Just giving up buckets after buckets. And they were, again, they were just not missing from three. Um, but the third quarter comes and second half RJ. What do you, what do you know? This guy always, he's developing a, I guess, reputation for becoming a second half player. And, the third quarter was all of R.J. Barrett's. He ends up outscoring the entire Hornets team in the period, 18 to 16. Um, he scores 18 of his 24. Um, he shoots six out of seven, four for four from the arc. You know, corner spot ups again, but he's hitting more pull up jumpers from the foul line. Love, just talked about that. How I want to see him take more of those middies. He's good at them. He can pull up from the midi. That's a good. That's a good starting point. You know, to be that shooter off the dribble that we're looking for eventually. Um, but he was great. The third quarter defense was much sharper out of the gate. Um, you know, that gritty physical defense, again, held the Hornets to just 16 points. They shot only 29% from the field and 18% from three-point distance. Um, the Knicks had themselves a nine-point lead. You know, so a big swing, big turnaround there, heading into the fourth quarter, up nine after being down six, heading into the third. Um, and, you know, in the fourth, we kept up that smothering defense. You had Randall picking it up on both ends. He started making plays with the passing, you know, quicker decisions. He was getting some doubles on them. They were packing in the paint, um, throwing the zone at us a few times. So he kept timing, getting assists, some hockey assists in there too. Um, Derek Rose also making some big plays again. Great to see his legs back. You know, the Knicks were just playing that really good Again, smothering defense to hold the Hornets to... They had 31 points the entire second half, you know. So, I guess you could call it law of averages. That's definitely some law of averages taking effect there. You know, after having the worst half of the season defensively, we go out and have our best half of the season defensively. Because that's who we are. And we did a much better job in that half. Challenging shots on the perimeter. Containing the dribble drive. You know, PJ was no longer hurting us, not only on the arc, but... He wasn't hurting us in the paint, you know, with that driving kick. Um, so we did a good job there, shading him off the uh, the middle of the lane, and it was a good game. Julius, 
just 16 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists with 2 steals. An off night for him, which, you know, we'll take it. Um, the shot was off, but he was continuing to make plays. He, you know, he's become a playmaker, man. Assisting, again, hockey assisting, just doing, just doing whatever it takes to make the Knicks better. And that's why he's getting 40 minutes a night, because he's not just looking for his own anymore. He's looking for his teammates. And, and what did I fucking tell you people about the braids? Huh? And he's wearing the, the, the new brace. He's got a different style he's wearing now. And I'm pretty sure, knock on wood, that the Knicks are 5-0 and now with the with the braids. So I'm not saying it. I'm just letting you know. Don't shoot the messenger here. Um, RJ Barrett, again, 24 points. He 6 of 11 on his triples tonight, tying a season high, tying a career high in triples made. Um, the shooting looks so good. It looks so solid. Such a solid shooter now. I mean, the mechanics look good. You know, he's getting into a nice little rhythm, a little bounce, one-two bounce when he's getting into his spot up. You could see him getting into that flow as he starts catching and shooting there. Um, so the shots there, he's, he's guys, he's almost 40%. I checked NBA.com, 39.1% from distance after tonight. <laughs> and it's on like 1.5 makes per game. So it's not like it's the it's the lowest volume of attempts in the world. It's moderate. I mean, it's impressive. You know, it's really impressive. I was talking about it earlier in the year, how when he was down to 18%, remember he had that rough stretch earlier in the season? I was saying, you know, Farge can eventually someday become a guy who hits 33 to 35, you know, average, you know, one of every three from behind the arc. I'll take that. A Jimmy Butler type of three-point shooter. I'll take that so long as he continues to live in the mid-range and in the paint. But he's hitting 40, almost 40% on about four and a half attempts. Or three and a, three and a half, something like that. Three or four attempts. I mean, it's something. Pretty impressive. So, I... I'm just very proud of his offensive improvements from the arc. Um, continues to, again, get to the paint. And when he gets in the lane, man, he's a great finisher. Um, the defense has improved. You know, he just looks so damn good. So so damn promising. And I'm so glad that R.J. Barrett is panning out for the Knicks. Um, you know, everybody was talking Zion, talking John Morant. Tank this, tank that. Number one pick. Need to tank. Need to get that high lotto. And we end up getting the third, the third pick, and we were disappointed at the time, but we rode with it, we stuck with it, and after a very, very roller coaster of a rookie season, R.J. Barrett comes back in his sophomore year, and he looks like a new man, and he's only 20. So, good performance from him. Loved his effort. Loved IQ's effort. Manuel quickly bouncing back. He's been in a bit of a, you know, kind of hitting a rookie wall. Um, but he had his first strong outing since probably that Memphis game. Um, you know, pours in, what, 17 points. Um, you know, once he hit that crazy bad shot from downtown at the end of that shot clock, and it went in, I knew he was on. <laughs> I knew it was going to be one of those nights. And he also had a really shocking-looking circus layup fall. Uh, I think it was an M1. So, some really impressive finishes tonight. Um, the defense was okay, but the offense was what kept him on the floor. Um, his minutes have taken a hit a bit since he's hitting this slump. You know, the three ball's been up and down. The floater's not been very good. Um, he's not really drawing that pull-up foul that he was earlier in the season. Um, you know, right now most of his game, if not all, is, is, you know, defenses know what's coming right now, right? They, they... I was listening to another podcast earlier tonight and they were kind of making it. They mentioned a really good point how it's kind of like when Jeremy Lin, after he went through that Lin sanity stretch where defenses started figuring out that Lin didn't have a left. That's kind of like IQ. They're realizing he doesn't really have an in-between game outside of that floater, right? There's, there's no, um, no mid range game, right? Most of his game is spent now off ball with Derek Rose here. Um, and he's just limited to what he's, you know, he, he just, 
they 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 know what's coming. He doesn't really have an offensive package. He needs a bit more, right? There's no in between, no mid range. The jump shot is is erratic from three. Um, it's shot selection at times, but he's he's always been a pretty streaky shooter. Um, he needs a layup package, but that's going to come with experience. All right, that's going to come with experience. He's still a guy when he's hot is electric. You know, 17 points in 24 total minutes, four for seven from three. You look at Peyton's line; he had seven points in just three, uh, just 18 in, in 18 minutes. So significantly less points in you know six less minutes. So there you go. Peyton was okay in the first half, but whew, that third quarter, man, oh, Jesus Christ, that just it was him at his at his the epitome of Peyton. Um, there was that one disgraceful drive where he completely ignored RJ, you know, for uh, a three in the right corner, and he gets and he misses a layup with like two or three defenders around him. And the next play, he gets a charge, a charging violation not passing the rock and just a rough night. And again, we we've said all we needed to say on Alfred Payton. There's no need to keep criticizing him. We know at this point what we have. Um, Reggie Bullock was very good again, 16 points, five out of 13 on the three point line. That was his entire field goal percentage. Um, he was very strong offensively defense remained quality. Derrick Rose, 17 more points, 8 for 12 from the floor, and another game with 5 turnovers, I'm sorry, with 5 assists versus 0 turnovers. So, very good playmaking, making plays himself, making plays for others. You know, the same thing it always is with, with Rose. He's attacking the rim, he's getting to the lane, he's playing the pick and roll game, um, you know, he's playing the fast break. He's got the good mid-range. He's stepping out and hitting, you know, three balls at a decent clip. Um, you know, he's an existent three-point shooter. Um, his kick-out game is what really keeps him on the floor, though. It's that dribble-drive penetration game that's really keeping him. He, he's he's such a great lead ball handler, man. I love I love Rose at the one, um, and I think he plays very well at the one. I, I again, I wish he would start, but. We all know this is what Tom Thibodeau is rolling with. He's going with EP. So, great night for Rose again. Um, and then uh, that was, you know, Kevin Knox, Obi Toppin. It is what it is at this point from those two guys, man. You're just not getting minutes from them. They're not really in the rotation. Um, when they're on the floor, they're not really getting the best out of their minutes. So, it's tough to kind of roll with them for longer than... Thibodeau has already played them, so it's there's not really a spot for them right now, unfortunately. Um, until maybe somebody else struggles and maybe they play a little more and they step up. I don't know, but right now, even with Burks out, it still seems like we're going with a lineup, you know, that is consisting of more Derrick Rose, um, and, and you know, IQ if he can continue to. Hopefully, now that he had a bounce back, he gets more minutes on uh, on Monday night or tonight, as you're listening. So we'll see. But another great night from from the guards. Um, a good night from our two bigs. Another great night from them. You know, Noel and Taj combined for ten points, nineteen rebounds, two assists, two steals, four blocks. Continuing to just again hold it down in the restricted area. You know, Noel doing his thing, Taj doing his thing, scoring whenever they give those, you know, they don't score a ton, but they score when it's given, you know, whatever's there, they'll take it. You know, they, they, they hover in the dunker spot and, you know, they'll take those, those dribble handoffs from the short corner and they'll slam it down or they'll clean up the glass with those tip-ins, you know, screen and rolls, alley-oop attempts, just, you know, they're going to get points when they need to and most of their game is based off of defense and Taj with the screen setting and Noel with the shot blocking 48 minutes of rim protection 48 minutes of intangibles of hard gritty Nick defense that's what you're getting from those two and you have to be you have to be proud of it I am I am I am not complaining about what those guys have done they've been huge and we've discussed that a bunch of times on the show before how 
they've improved so much. Um, they, they've stepped up so much in Mitchell Robinson's absence, right? Being able to defend the rim. And they're really good in the drop coverage. They're defending the pick and roll very well. They know when to blue a screen. They know when to drop back. Uh, their communication has been great. The rotations have been strong. The um, They're doing great. I've just, I, I can't be more satisfied with the jobs that Noel and Gibson have given the Knicks. So that's, um, I think that's it. You know, the Hawks are up next tomorrow night. They're, you know, obviously a team that's very reliant on what Trey Young does. Um, we've beaten them. I think we beat them twice or once or twice. I think we beat them twice. Tomorrow's the third and final matchup in this shortened season with the Atlanta Hawks. So hopefully we can finish them off. Um, you know, we have four more games on the homestand. It's the Hawks on Monday. And it's the Raptors after that, I think, on, I want to say... Why do I keep, did I say Monday a couple times when I should be saying Wednesday? I'm sorry. I probably got you all fucked up. Um, it's the Hawks on Wednesday, and that's probably today as you're listening to this. Um, and then the Raptors, I think, a couple of days later. But Hawks are up next. And again, four more games, including this Hawks game, before we go on this daunting West Coast trip that could decide where we seed. So, but the good thing is that it's getting to a point where people are now starting to talk about the Knicks, adding another star, you know, attracting free agents, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And I, and I love that we're getting this love and attention, right? I love it. Um, you know, you had Zion talking about how much he loves playing at Madison Square Garden in the presser the other night. You had the, uh, they were talking during the Celtics Warriors game last night. They were talking, they were giving the Knicks some attention. They were talking about how they've improved. And even when the Knicks were playing the Mavs a few nights before, you know, Richard Jefferson was even being nice to them. I thought so. Um, so we're finally, it's an awesome feeling to know that you're finally getting some respect around the league, some recognition. And that's a start. It's a good start. Um, you know, it's a good feel, a pretty awesome feeling when you now expect the Knicks to win ball games and shit. So I love that we're getting this tension, but all this stuff about them adding another star, let's let's calm down. Like let's let's we're still in this rebuilding process. You know, we still have to, we we still need to focus on growing R.J. Barrett. I don't want to trade him away and take a shortcut. We've talked about this. Still focusing on him. Randall's out here dropping twenty three, eleven, and six. As a power forward, like calm down a bit. Let, let us grow. RJ is 20 years old. If he's 20 years old and he keeps developing, if he takes another leap next season, right? If he doesn't just be, if he, if I'm not talking about having another strong year next year, but if he takes another leap, let's see what happens. And if Randall does the same, let's see what happens before we start talking about adding another superstar. Like, let's focus on getting Lonzo Ball. That's what we need at point guard in free agency. If that's what we're going to talk about, that's what we should, if we're going to talk about adding people, adding players, and making this roster better with certain additions, I don't think it necessarily has to be a, a, you know, a number one budding star. Just make it a guy who fits this team, who fills a void, and who has that star potential, and I think that's Lonzo Ball. You know, somebody who can make this team better in so many aspects. And we've discussed that plenty of times. But... I am proud of this Knicks team. Um, again, I just I I don't know what else to say, man. I'm, I'm very very fortunate that we're here. You know, the fact again, the fact that I am no longer watching the Knicks on the small screen, they have taken over. They've got the big screen now, and the Yankees have been demoted to the shitty, I don't know, twenty inch tablet. <laughs> Not even. All right. Let's head to break one last time. And when we get back, we will finish up with the NYY, NYK question of the day. And that'll be that. All right. All right, guys. We'll be right back.
So last time out, in episode 235, I asked you guys, which pitcher went 10-0 for the Yankees in the 2005 season? Alright, which pitcher went 10-0 for the Yankees in the 05 season? The answer to that question, Aaron Small. Yes, Aaron Small, 10-0, 2005. That is your answer to the NYYMYK question of the day for 235. Now for 236, our NYYMYK question of the day, sponsored by Anchor. Who led the 2012-13 Knicks in assists per 36 minutes? All right. So one last time, who led the 2012-2013 Knicks in assists per 36 minutes. Alright, so if you do know the answer to that question, be sure to message me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or you can comment the answer once I publish the link and the promo to this podcast. Do that on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can find us on Facebook at RJ Carbone. You can find me on Instagram. I don't know why I say us a lot. You can find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. And you can find me on Twitter where I bitch and moan constantly throughout Knicks games and Yankees games, no matter what the score is. I try my best not to, but it always comes out at NY Sports Talk RC on Twitter. All right, guys. So that is it. That is it for episode 236 of the podcast of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. I am your host, RJ Carbone. Guys, if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, I don't know what you're waiting for, but you got to do it right now. Um, You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, SoundCloud, uh, Radio Public, <coughs> excuse me, Castro, Overcast, you know, plenty of, of podcast platforms, all your major feeds and where you typically get your podcast at. You can also watch the podcast as opposed to listening to the podcast. You can watch the video format of this podcast on YouTube. At BD4. So. Do whatever you please. So if you want to subscribe to the podcast. On any one of those platforms and more. Or maybe if you want to follow me on social media. Like I said. Or if you want to follow along with the blog. That I write and subscribe to that blog. um, Where I discuss the Knicks and the Yankees. After every game they play. You could do that too. So all that information. The podcast. My social media. I just spit the blog. You can find that on my link tree. So just simply go to my link tree. Um, you've heard it in the plugs. Uh, but if you haven't, for some reason, that is linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. So linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. So that will take you to my link tree. It will take you right to my link tree that displays all the different links for, you know, my pages. So, again, BD4. We do Knicks episodes every two games. Uh, if you follow us for the Yankees, we do Yankees episodes every series. So, the next Yankees episode, or the next episode of BD4, will be a Yankees episode, which is coming up later tonight as you are listening to this. That's when we will record. And the episode will be out by Thursday morning. So that will be 237 where we discuss the Yankees Braves quick two game series. So guys, thank you so much. Without further ado, I'm going to wrap this one up. Hope you guys have an excellent day today. And I know I had an excellent April 20th because the Knicks played. That's what it was. All right, cuss. I'll see you next time. Ciao.
This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.